Uh uh-uh. uh. No music while I'm up here. Anybody think I'm going to sing? Uh, take your Bibles this morning. Turn to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, uh, chapter number seven. Second Chronicles, chapter seven. And as the kids go out uh, for children's church uh, this morning, I want to continue in a series of messages that we've been um, uh, that we have been uh, talking about, that we've been preaching on. Uh, when it comes to our responsibilities as a blessed people, uh, what our responsibilities are. And we've, uh, last week we, we jumped over to the book of James, where James uh, proclaims that we need to not only be hearers of God's, or, uh, hearers of God's words, but doers of God's word as well. Not just uh, listening but doing something with what we've heard. And um, uh, it's, it's one thing to have a knowledge uh, of the Word of God. It's another thing to put into practice that which we, we know is truth. So if God says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, that's a good thing to know, right? Well, it's not good enough just to know it, uh, we've got to put that into practice because God didn't tell us that just for us to know that. He told us that so that we could go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so uh, there's some things that God uh, tells us that we need to be doing and we need to have more than just a, a knowledge of those things. Uh, we need to be more than just hearers of God's word. We need to be doers of God's word. And so we're talking about as doers of God's service, uh, God's people need to uh, purge. We talked about that. Be holy for I am holy. Uh, we, need to, um, we need to be living right. We need to be walking right. We need to be talking right. Uh, God expects that out of His people. And so this idea that we have liberty to do whatever we want to do is a false idea. God has given us liberty, yes, but He's not given us liberty for the occasion of the flesh. And so He's given us liberty so that we might serve Him. He's given us liberty that we might honor Him with, uh, with our mouth and with our, with our lives. And so, uh, so we need to purge. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And so we, we've got to make sure uh, as God's people that we are, are purged. And then not only should we purge, but we should preach. Uh, preach the word, the Bible says. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. God tells us uh, that we need to get out the word of God. We need to let other people know, not just from a pulpit, not just from a lectern, not just from a church building, but everywhere we go. Be instant, in season, out of season means to be ready. We need to be ready at all times. We need to be ready, by the way, as Christians, we need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. And so, what is that part of? That's part of preaching. I think we think, when we think of preaching, the very first thing we think of preaching is what? What do we think of when we think of preaching? We think of a... A preacher, right? Generally, when we think of preaching, we think of a preacher. God's called certain people to preach, and, and so that means that 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 means I'm I'm 
I don't have to do it, right, preacher? No, that's not what that means. What does it mean? It means all of us. Now, we don't all get behind the pulpit, and we don't all preach uh, the Word of God as a pastor, but we all should get out and get out the Word of God. And so uh, I, I've, I've seen, some, uh, seen some people get out the Word of God that I thought to myself, man, they'd be really good at the pulpit. They'd be really good uh, uh, preachers uh, from, uh, from a pulpit. But understand this, we are all responsible as, 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 uh, as believers and as, and as blessed believers we are responsible to get out the Word of God and let other people know we have the answer. We have the answer. And so if we have the answer, we need to let other people know uh, what, that answer, uh, what that answer is. Now, if you don't know the answer, don't guess. Don't give out false information. My daughter called me the other day and she was doing, she's taking her her four years in college, she has to take one class about math. It's, fi- it's like a finance class, and, uh, and uh, she's not good in math, and I'm not good in math. And so she called me and says, Dad, I need to find out. And it, has to do with, it had to do with mortgage and had to do with uh, uh, all the stuff about mortgage. Let me tell you something. They have a mortgage calculator. You push a button, and it all solves it for you. Not good enough. You gotta, you gotta find it their way. And so, so she called. And she said, "Dad, I'm, I just, I'm confused." She said, "Get." She said, "Could you, could you walk me through this?" I said, "Sure, I'll, I'll try to help you." And she sent me the pages, and I, I read the pages, and then she said, "I gotta go to Devo." She had to go to devotions, and she said, oh, when, "When you get it figured out, I'll call you back." I said, "Okay, great." And so uh, she calls me back. I said, "I got it." She said, "Okay." I said. Here, here's what you got to do. Boom, 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 boom. She said, Dad, I did all that. I said, did you get this answer? She said, yes. I said, is it right? She said, no. <laughs> that's all the help I can give you, sweetheart. Because that's the answer I came up with. I followed, the, I followed what they said to do, and boom, and boom, and the answer was wrong. And so she could go to class, and she can turn in that answer. But the answer's wrong. Now, I don't know where we messed it up or what some maybe some percentage or this was not right or whatever it was but something was wrong so if you turn in that answer that is a wrong answer i'm here to tell you today in the world in which we're living people are constantly giving wrong answers spiritually i mean it's it's and it's dangerous because we're not just talking about something in this world we're talking about something in another world, right? We're talking about, we're talking about eternity. And, and one thing you don't want to get wrong, you don't want to get wrong eternity. You want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Let me tell you something. Salvation is paramount. Salvation is important. That's, there's a lot of things you can get wrong. That's not a thing you want to get wrong. Why? Because your eternity is based on that salvation. And salvation, listen, God didn't make it complicated. God didn't muddy the waters. Now, man has muddied the waters, but God has not muddied the waters. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And so, what do we do? I mean, what do we do, preacher, to be saved? Do we need to join the church? Do we need to be baptized? Do we need to be a good person? What do we... 
And on and on and on and on the list goes. Now, I'm not telling you that baptism and joining a church and living a right life is not important. Those things are important. But for salvation, they are not necessary. Because let me tell you what salvation is. Salvation is based on Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. What did Jesus Christ do? He died on the cross. He died not for his sin. He was sinless. He died for your sin and my sin. He died for the sins of the whole world. And so he died upon the cross. He was buried. Praise God, he only needed to borrow a tomb. Three days. Three days. What happened? He rose again. And the Bible says that he is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me. So what do we need to do? We need to simply place our faith, place our trust in Jesus Christ. Well, let me tell you something, preacher. My faith is weak. God never said how much faith you had to have. He just said the faith that you do have, don't place it in yourself, don't place it in the church, don't place it in the baptism, don't place it in your good works. Place the faith that you have in Jesus Christ. You place the faith that you have in Jesus Christ, and let me tell you something, He'll save you. How do I know that? I know that for two reasons. One, the Bible tells me so, right? That's the most important reason. But number two, that's what I did, and he saved me. So you know, sometimes when you don't know what to say, you ever, you ever do that? You ever get into a conversation with somebody, and, and, and maybe you don't quite know the verses, or you don't quite know the Romans road. I cuss, we call it the Romans road because... The verses can be found in Romans, but I promise you, you can, you can take Isaiah's road, you can take Ephesians' road, you can take whatever road you want to, as long as it's the truth of the Word of God and what the Bible says. And so, I, I, know, that he, I know that I can be saved because of what the Bible says, but I know, what I, I know I can be saved and I know you can be saved because I've been saved. And I place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And if I do what God says do, then God will do what He says He's going to do. Isn't that an exciting thing? That's how I know that when I got saved and trusted Christ as my Savior, no matter what I do, no matter where I go, no matter how I live my life, now that I've trusted Christ as my personal Savior, I can't lose that salvation. That salvation is mine, given to me by Jesus Christ. My salvation isn't based on me. My salvation is based in Jesus Christ. And so... For me to lose my salvation, Christ has to take it away from me. I can't, I can't lose it on my own because it's not mine. It's gifted to me. It's His salvation. And so we base what we believe. I want you to understand this because it's important in every aspect of our Christian life. What we believe is based in the Bible. It's concrete. We have a foundation. If we didn't, then what is happening in our world today is what's going to happen. Every man does that which is right in his own eyes. If we don't have a foundation, if we don't have the Word of God, and we don't have the Word of God saying, this is truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. So God's Word is truth. So here it is. This is what I believe, but is what you believe based on the Word of God. Because if what you believe isn't based on the Word of God, then what you believe is an opinion. Did you get that? Now, I'm not saying that all opinions are wrong and you can't have an opinion or you can't have tradition or you can't have something that you've believed through the years. I'm just telling you, if you're going to believe what you believe, you need to base it 
in the Scriptures. What does the Bible say about what I believe? Because I'm telling you, too often, what we've done is we've come up with a belief system, and then we've tried to find things in the Word of God that, that go with that belief system. That is the opposite of what we should do. We should find out what the Word of God says, and then we ought to, we ought to base our belief system on the Word of God. See the difference how that makes? And so when we know the Word of God, then we're able to preach it. Then we're able to share it. Then we're able to help other people with the Word of God. So we need to purge. We need to preach. And then in 2 Chronicles, you're familiar with the passage. Go down with me in verse 14, chapter 7. In verse 14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So we got to purge, and we got to preach, but we got to pray. we got to pray. It's God's God's people's responsibility to be prayer warriors. We need to pray. We need to take time uh, to pray. We need to spend time in prayer. How much time, that's not a question you have to answer out loud, it's just a question you need to answer in your heart. How much time in the day do you pray? How much time do you spend in prayer? Just take a second and think about that. Then I want you to take a second and think about how much time in the day do you watch TV? How much time in the day do you read books? How much time in the day do you watch sports? How much time in the day do you, whatever your hobby is, whatever you enjoy doing, how much time do you spend in that? I dare say that for a lot of us, we're spending more time in other things than we are in prayer. But wait a minute, preacher, I enjoy doing. Yeah, but wait a minute. If you're, if you're a child of God, you ought to enjoy praying. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is when we spend quality time with God. I love this in 2 Chronicles 7 where, where the Bible says, if, if, you, if you read through that, you know, often we pray, and this is not wrong, don't misunderstand me, we pray for God's hand, not for God's face. Amen. Now read that. So what do we usually pray for, right? We pray for... A situation we got ourselves into. We pray for wisdom, for God to help us make the right decision. We pray for our health. We intercede and pray for other people and pray for their needs. And, and we pray for uh, this day, our daily bread, right? We pray for all these things. These are things for God's hand. God, God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to intervene in this area. God, I need you to do this. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm here to tell you in the model prayer that we find that we often call Jesus' prayer. Jesus' prayer is founded in John 17. It's an intercessory prayer. That's the model prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's not Jesus' prayer. That's the model prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. And so he, and in here, the very first thing he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. So what does he say when it comes to to praying? This model to pray is first seek his face, not his hand. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, what does he say? Seek his face, 
You know, what his, you know what it means by his face? It means who he is. We ought, to, we ought to first honor God. We ought to first worship God. We ought to first praise God for who He is. He's the Creator. We ought to praise Him for His creation. Have you, have you looked at creation lately? I mean, just the beauty of God's creation. This world in which we live in today, you ought to be thankful every day for God's creation. He is, the, he is the creator God. You ought to, you ought to praise Him for he's the, he's the God of salvation. Boy, I, I'm here to tell you, if you don't have anything else to praise Him for, you can praise Him because He saved you. Because He provided that salvation so that you don't have to, you don't have to go to hell one day. You can spend eternity with Him one day. God provided that. You can praise Him for His hand. For all that He has done, all that He has blessed you with, all of your provision that you have, all that... Sometimes I think we forget. Sometimes I think we get to the place where we proclaim or we think that we got where we're at because of ourselves. We have what we have because of what we've done. I mean, we pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps I and mean, we can accomplish it we can we can do it it's kind of talking it's like kind of talking to people that when you try to when you try to talk to somebody you're younger and this older person you're trying to tell this older person how hard of a time you have it oh you ain't got a heart let me tell you something right now i used to i used to walk to school uphill both ways i don't know how that happens but walk hill up up and up and in the up north in the snow i mean i'm we didn't have any heat and we didn't i mean they talk about how you might have it bad, but I've got it worse. You know, when we when 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 I went to when I went to work, you really worked. They don't work today. I mean, nobody works to you know, this is come sometime we get this mentality. Some of y'all are looking at me look really weird. It's because you're the ones that are saying it. <clears throat> but we got, you know, we always have it worse, right? Sometimes we have this idea that we have it worse than everybody else. Let me tell you something. We are blessed. We are a blessed people. And sometimes we forget that those blessings come from God. It's God who blesses us. It's God who is the reason we have what we have. And yes, listen to me, yes, it can be worse. That's hard to believe. Sometimes, looking around in this world, it's hard to believe. But let me tell you something. You know how you know it? Because tomorrow comes. And it can be worse. And you look around and you see other people. Can it be better? Yeah, it can be. It always can be better. But I'm telling you, it could always be worse too. So remember that we are blessed. And when we pray and when we seek God, seek God's face first. Yes, seek His hand. It's part of the model prayer. I understand that. It's part of what we do. I get it. I do it too. But first of all, seek God's face when you pray. I want to talk about a couple things when it comes to to the subject of prayer. Number one, I want you to I want you to see that prayer is a requirement. Prayer is a requirement. It's not just a good idea or a suggestion. Prayer is a requirement. What is prayer? Prayer, simply put, is communication with God. Right? We communicate with God. God communicates with us through His Word, and we communicate back to God through prayer. What a terrible terrible relationship that you would have with somebody if you never talked to them. 
Your relationship's not going to grow. Your, 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 your relationship's not going to blossom. Your relationship's not going to be what it's, going to, what it's supposed to be. I'm not saying you can't have a relationship. I'm just telling you it's going to be a lousy relationship if you don't have any communication. We see that not only with God, but we see that in, in the world today. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, the, the lack of communication that we have with one another, and people just don't know how to talk to each other anymore. And I'm telling you, uh, part of that is, is technology. Because today, you don't have to, to talk to the average person anymore. You, you'll very rarely get eye contact. And when you're talking with them, they're... And if you make eye contact with them, it's, it's almost uncomfortable. You want to know why? Because now we, we can text, and we can, and Facebook, and we can, and we can do Twitter, and we can do all these things that we can commun- communicate. And let me tell you something. We communicate things through those outlets that we would never communicate face-to-face. And it's hurt our relationships. It really has. And so often today, people can't even communicate anymore. Can't even have a conversation anymore. Listen, one of, the, one of my favorite things is to go out to eat for two reasons. One, I like to eat. And two, I love to listen to other people. Or really, listen to the silence of other people. We were eating the other day, and I'm here to tell you, I'm sitting in the restaurant, and I'm observing this couple. Okay, I know it's weird. But I'm observing this couple, mainly with my ears. I'm, I promise you, they didn't say two words the entire meal. They didn't talk to each other. Now, they might have been talking to each other on their phones because they were both on their phones. So they might have been communicating back and forth on their phones. That's a possibility. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, he was doing this, she was doing this. There was no communication. The food got here. They ate their food and they left. I thought to myself, wow. You didn't even say hello to each other. We don't communicate with each other. And I'm here to tell you, when you don't communicate, your relationship suffers. And that's true with God as well. God has communicated with us. Not only does He use His Word, right? He uses Scripture. He uses the Spirit. That that still small voice where the Spirit of God uh, 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 speaks to us, He uses saints, doesn't He? He uses God's people that come and and, and help us and the multitude of counselors, their safety, and God uses all these things to communicate with us, uh, and we're dead silent. Dead silent when it comes to our communication with God. Or it's, it's very fleeting when it comes to our communication. But I'm here to tell you, Communication with God or prayer is not suggested. It is required. It is absolutely required. You know, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, you know the verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, to pray without ceasing. Do you know, you know what that means? It means, to, it means to pray always. It means to pray without stopping. It means to always have an attitude of prayer. I've always loved this about Dr. Shoemaker. He's one of my, one of my mentors in, 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 in the Christian life. And, and Dr. Shoemaker, if you ask Dr. Shoemaker to pray for you about something, he will stop right then. And he'll say, let's just go ahead and pray about it now. Do you know why? Because he knows he's going to get busy later. And he's going to pray later. He'll pray for you later too. But let me tell you something. Just in case I don't get to it later, let's go ahead and do it now. 
He's always had that attitude of prayer. Ready to pray at all times. Ready to play, pray in any place. Is it good to pray in church? Wow, that was overwhelming. I know we're not in a fellowship hall, but come on, folks. Is it right to pray in church? Yes. Of course. I mean, that's not a trick. It's right to pray in church. And God's people need to pray in church. And we need to, we need to pray privately. We need to pray publicly. We need to pray corporately when it comes to church, right? When it comes to a church service, we need to pray. But I'm here to tell you, that's not the only place to pray. You know, sometimes we have this mentality. We might not say it, but we have this mentality. Preacher, you just understand, I'm just too busy. And I'm here to tell you, if you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. You're too busy about the wrong things. Because there are times that you can pray, but we've had it pounded into our head. Right? This is, what, this is when you pray. You pray when you get up in the morning. You pray for the day. You pray for your meals. And then you pray before you go to bed. And those are good times to pray. Are they, are, are they not? Are they good times to pray? Absolutely. Good times to pray. But that ain't the only times to pray. Well, I don't, I don't have any time. You know, some of you, some of you have a commute every single day back and forth to work. Oh my goodness, I would, I would, I would die. I, I, I cannot handle. Wendy wanted to go the other day. She said, let's go, let's go over. She loves Captain D's. She loves, she thinks she loves seafood because she likes Captain D's. It's like, babe, that's not real seafood. But anyways, she, so she says, let's go to Captain D's. Well, guess where Captain D's is? It's in Polar. I never thought I'd ever say, I don't want to drive to Polar. Do we have to go to Polar? All the way to Polar. When they said that to me 12 years ago, I thought, somebody in the church said that to me. You went where? I said to Polar. You went all the way to Polar? All the way to Polar? We used to drive 15 miles one way just to go to church when we were in Florida. I said, I, I don't understand, all the way to Pooler. Now, I'm, I'm that guy. I, it took us like 40 minutes to get to Pooler. From Rankin to Pooler. The traffic was absolutely terrible. I mean, all the way there, all the way back. And I'm going to tell you something. When I'm in a car, gripe, 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 gripe. I'm just confessing it. I'm just telling you. I mean, I... You get all the lights, you get people that just don't know how to drive. I don't know how they got their license. I mean, crackerjack boxes, I'm assuming where they got their license from. And I think to myself, I, I'm not going to make it. Wendy is my balance. She's like, babe, you're going to have a heart attack. Calm down. You're going to have a stroke. Calm down. You know what? That's a really good time to pray, isn't it? You're stuck in traffic? When, when you're coming home from work or you're going to work? I had to have her the other, uh, the other day. I had to have her at Memorial for her uh, procedure that she had to have. And, and she had to be there at 5.30 in the morning. I said, praise God. Because let me tell you, if they would have said 8.30, I would have cried. I would have wept. You ever, you ever try to go to Savannah at between 7 and 9? It's misery. And let me tell you something. Misery loves company. Everybody's miserable. You know why? Because nobody's praying. Seriously. 
It's a great time. I tell you, sometimes I'll take uh, 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 CDs and, and put them in and, and listen to music or listen to a, a series of, uh, uh, of messages or take that time to pray. See, you have time. You've got time. You're just using your time slots in a different way. And so we've got to decide what's important. And God tells us what's important is prayer. And we need to make sure that we're spending that time in prayer. Look over with me or, or listen over in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter number 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, the importance, the requirement to, for us to pray. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. I will therefore that men pray everywhere. What does that word everywhere mean? What does the words everywhere mean? It means everywhere, everywhere we go. It's always a right time to pray. It's always a right place to pray. There's never a time where you could say, well, you know what, this is a bad time to pray. Or this is just a, this is just a bad place to pray. No, it's always right to pray. Now, sometimes you have to pray silently. I understand that. And sometimes you, you, can, you can pray out loud. And I'm not talking about being ashamed. We should never be ashamed. But there are circumstances where you need to pray, where you need to pray silently. I tell my daughter, every time she takes a test, I said, you ought to pray. You ought to pray and ask the Lord to, to bring back to your remembrance the things that you studied. Now this idea, Lord, miraculously help me understand the things that I didn't study. I, I, yeah, that's nonsense. So study, you ought to prepare. And then you ought to pray, God help me to remember the things that I did prepare for and that I did study for. It's always right to pray. And God requires it to, that men ought pray always, the scripture says. And the scripture says everywhere we ought to pray. The requirements of prayer. Number two, the reasons of prayer. Why do we pray? We pray for people to be converted. We pray for people to be saved. How many people in here right now know somebody in your life that is unsaved. Some of y'all need to get out. If you don't know anybody in your life that's, that's, that's unsaved, then, then you're not getting out enough. I'm going to tell you, I know people, I know people in, in, uh, in my family. I, I know people in our community. I almost said I know people at work. <laughs> Sorry, my voice. I don't know anybody at work. I'm good at work. But you do. You know people at work. I mean, there's people that are all around us that are, that are unsaved, that need Christ as their Savior. So what do you need to do? You need to pray. You need to pray that God gives you opportunity. You need to pray that the, the Lord would speak to their heart and convict them. And pray, pray, pray. Why do we pray? We pray for conversions. We pray that people might be converted. Why? Because I'm going to understand something. If you're not saved, you're not going to heaven. That's tragic. But it's the truth. And I'm telling you something. You can't skirt the truth. This, this idea that he's, well, he, he's just really a good person. No, he's not a good person. We are not good people by nature. 
By nature, we are sinners. By nature, we are lost. By nature, we are undone. By nature, we have missed the mark. Our comparison isn't to ourselves. I don't compare myself to you. You don't compare yourself to somebody else. You know why? Because you can always find somebody that's worse off than you are. Remember, remember that, that, that publican that was saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I ain't like that joker. I'm glad I ain't like him. I'm glad I ain't like her. Boy, I must be doing okay. And we get this false sense of hope and then we get these false preachers and false teachers who are confirming it and giving more people a false sense of hope. If you'll just send money to me, you'll be okay. No, no, no. You'll just be broke is what you'll be. And he'll be rich. And and if you're not converted, you're going to spend eternity in hell. I don't care how much money you've gave to the church. I don't care how much works you've done. I don't care how much of a good person you think you are. I'm telling you, we are all sinners and we are all lost. That's why we don't compare ourselves to ourselves. We compare ourselves to Christ. You compare yourselves to Christ, we know that we all lack. We all lack. And we all need Christ as our Savior. So we need to pray for conversions. Number two, we need to pray for Christians. Man, I'm telling you, right now, it is a... It is a hard thing to do to live in this life. Life is hard. It's unfair. And Christians are often targeted around the world. Targeted with persecution. You, listen, you, you just think you face persecution. I'm telling you, there are people losing their lives around the world for what they believe. Standing up for the Word of God. Standing up for Christ. Going to church when it's illegal. Man, it doesn't doesn't hardly take anything in the United States of America for someone to stay out of church. Almost nothing. Well, I tell you, I stubbed my pinky toe, so I'm out of church for two weeks. It's absolutely, it's mind-boggling to me. And here are people around the world who are going to church where it's against the law and if they're caught, they're arrested and some of them are even killed. And yet there they are in church. There they are in church. By the way, their church is not even in the same place every Sunday. Sometimes it's not even on Sunday. Oh my goodness gracious. Can you believe that? You change anything around here and it's a, it's a, it's a heart attack waiting to happen. And sometimes they got to have it here, and sometimes they got to have it here. Sometimes they got to walk and walk and walk and walk. Keep things sacred. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. What persecution that people face around the world. We have it so good that it's kept us out of church. You hear me? We got it so good that it's kept us out of church. I'm here to tell you, we got to pray for one another. Do you realize, listen to me, the government's not going to pray for you. Do you understand that? The the school system's not going to pray for you. Now, there are people in the government, there are people in the schools that pray, but as a system, they're not going to pray for you. God's people need to pray for one another. Well, God tells us that we ought to to pray one for another. We ought to intercede. That's what intercession is. Intercession is praying not for my needs, but for the needs of other people. People are struggling. People are having a hard time. People are having difficulties. You know, we are really good at putting on a, 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 a face, aren't we? We come to church. 
How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, liar. You're not doing good. Now, I'm not saying you air out your laundry. I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just saying sometimes we put, a, we put a face on that. Everything's just hunky-dory. And then when something comes out that this person struggled with this, people say, oh, I never knew that. Because we put on this air that everything's okay. And I'm here to tell you, when you look at other people, you ever do it? You ever look at other people and say, man, they got their act together. Man, I mean, everything they do comes out golden. I mean, they got, they got money in the bank. I mean, so therefore they're rich. They got this and they got that. And man, their relationship is perfect and everything is perfect. Let me tell you something. You are fooling yourself. Because it's not perfect. There's struggles. We all have struggles. Every one of us have struggles. Now, they might be in different areas, and they, they may be financially, and they may be emotionally, and they may be relationally, whatever they might be, but we all have struggles in some form or fashion. So what do we need to do? We need to pray for one another. We need to pray for conversions. We need to pray for, for Christians. Amen. And then we need to pray for our country. Amen. We need to pray for our country. My goodness, church. A, I, could, I, could, I could earn and start over and preach another message right now just on our country. I mean, we're, we're in a bad way. And I'm not, and I'm not you, you throw, the, throw the politics out the window. Church, listen to me. We're in a bad way. And it ain't getting better. It's getting worse. And as it gets worse, let me tell you something. God's people need to pray, pray, pray. I mean, we've, we've got to be seeking God's face. We need to be praying for the church, and we need to be praying for one another, and we need to be praying for our, our leaders. And let me tell you something. You might not like your leaders, but God's commanded you to pray for your leaders. At the very least, you need to pray for their conversion. And you need to, you need to pray that God would get a hold of their heart. You need to pray that, that God would give them wisdom. You know, let me tell you something. It's hard to pray for somebody you hate. You hear me? It's hard to pray for somebody you hate. That goes for the church, and that goes for the country. Because let me tell you something, quite frankly, and I'm not saying it's easy, but God tells us we're not to hate anybody. Not to hate anybody. And this hatred that we have, we're going to talk a little bit about it tonight, this hatred that we have for one another doesn't belong in the church. Amen. It doesn't belong in the Christian's life. I mean, we hate people because of their race. We hate people because of where they come from. We hate people because of what they've done to us. Now, that's a harder one, isn't it? Yeah, but preacher, you don't know what she said. You don't know what he did. And I don't know. And I don't need to know. I don't need to know. But I know this. God says that we're to forgive. And God says that we're not to hate. Not to have some, some kind of hatred in our hearts for, 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 a, for a person. You know what we ought to hate? We ought to hate what God hates. Did you know that God hates? <laughs> God hates. Yes, God hates. Let me tell you something. God hates sin. 
He hates wickedness. I mean, he hates it. He died for the sinner because he hates sin. Because he knows sin destroys. He knows it destroys a, a, a people. He knows it destroys the church. He knows it destroys a country. You know who else knows that? Satan. And man, he just, he, he gets in a shot everywhere he can. He'll get it in your personal life. He'll get it in your church. He'll get it in the country. He'll get it everywhere he can. Why? Because ultimately all he's looking for is failure. He wants you to fail. He wants you to be depressed. He wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to live in fear. He, that's what Satan wants. But God says, there's no reason for that. There's no reason to live in fear. There's no reason to live in depression. Why? Because you know what God says? I got this. God's in control. God's in charge. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know God does. I have no idea what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow, and it makes all the difference. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to be discouraged. I, I, I just Now, there are times that we get discouraged. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about living there. And if you live there, you're going to be in danger of being discouraged your whole life, depressed your whole life, fearful your whole life. We need to pray. We need to release it. We need to let go and let God... And we need to move forward for him. I don't know what to, I don't I don't know what tomorrow holds. Somebody asked me the other day, "Do you think this COVID COVID will ever go away?" I said, "No. No, I don't. I don't think it's going to go away. I think it's going to be like the flu. I think it's going to come around every single year." Just, I don't. I, do I know that? No, that's just my opinion. But I'm telling you something. I'm not going to allow it to 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 steer my life one way or another. I'm not going to allow it to depress me. I'm not going to allow it to... Because there's other things that come in this world that do the same thing. And man, we have got to be careful. If we've got to be careful to keep our eyes upon the Lord. And when we pray, listen, when we pray, this is what we're saying. God, you're in control. When we pray, we're taking our care. We're taking our care, all the things that we're worried about, all the things that we're fearful of, all the things that we're de depressed about. We're taking all that fear, we're packing it up, and we're casting it upon the Lord. Amen. You know why? Listen, because listen, we're smart. People that pray are smart people. Not just spiritual people, they're smart people. You know why they're, you know why they're praying? Because they're saying this, God, I can't handle this. I can't do it on my own. Greek 2, I took Greek, I had to take Greek 1 and Greek 2. Greek 1 breezed right through it. I've always been good at memorizing things. And all I had to do is, is memorize the clensions and all the... All I had to do is memorize lists. Greek 2, you had to take all that and apply it. I'm not an emotional person, but I bet you I cried every single night during Greek 2. I mean, I just... So, so difficult. And the same teacher that did Greek too, also taught Hebrew. Not the book, the language. That guy was my advisor. So somehow, I got Greek too and Hebrew. If you don't know anything about Hebrew, it starts in the back and goes that way. And it's holographics, basically. 
And I remember taking that class, and I remember going to Brother Cash, who was my advisor and who was also the Hebrew teacher who, who spoke, who speaks eight languages. And I said to Brother Cash, I said, I, I, I'm done. I, I, I'm just, I can't handle this anymore. I said, I, listen, I looked at him in his face and I said, Brother Cash, I can't do it. He don't ever miss a beat. He looked back at my face. He said, good. You're right where you need to be. You know, what his, you know what his point was? You need to depend upon God. You can't do it. You can't accomplish it. You can't do it on your own. This idea that you can do it on your own is from the devil, not from God. God says you can't do it on your own. You need Him. Every hour you need Him. And I'm telling you something. We fail. It's not God's fault. We fail because nine times out of ten, it's a lack of prayer. It's a lack of a prayer life. The requirements to pray are found in the Scriptures. And we don't need to be ceasing. We don't need to be stopping. We don't need to be praying less. We need to be praying more. God help us as His people to be the prayer warriors that He's called us to be. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed this morning. Our eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, God loves you. Jesus Christ died for you, was buried, rose again the third day so that you could have life and that you could have it more abundantly. You say, preacher, I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure if I'd have died right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and write back down and I'll pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. I'm not sure about my salvation, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers as there one. What a privilege. Don't ever, ever forget what a privilege it is to know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. We are blessed. And because we are blessed, we have responsibilities. And one of those responsibilities is to pray, pray, pray. How's your prayer life? You can trick the preacher. You can trick the person sitting next to you. You can't trick yourself. How's your prayer life? Make prayer the priority that it ought to be in your life. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, to instruments playing this morning, a hymn invitation. God, help us. God, help us to be who we should be, who we ought to be, because we are blessed. If you